Hi, and welcome back to Sepa Stories. All right, so I have a very short piece of writing to share with you, and it's technically it's called a drabble. This particular writer um, has given me permissions to read her um, pieces, a couple of pieces that she has prepared. And this particular one um, was not the first one that I actually selected from this writer, but it is one that I wanted to include simply because it looks like there might have been a contest or competition going on within a fan fiction group or site where a four-leaf clover was an element that had to have been included in a story. So I have one story um, that is called Three Leaves Would Do and that's a really great piece and here is for contrast and for you know another another piece that has been prepared I think for the same type competition another selection where I think this is part of that same competition so yes I had mentioned um, if you, you may not know about this but there are in fan fiction groups and on sites sometimes competitions where writers will prepare a piece for an overall contest and there are prizes um, well not necessarily prizes but awards and writing chops you know to be earned and gained and when you see a piece of writing that is telling you that it's being entered in for a competition you know that it's a piece of real written work because it's something they're really polishing and and preparing for others to review and judge in and see how it could place for writing chops and skill and content and how it applies you know to to what they're trying to do so you know this is a competition piece what I like about this is that this is called a drabble which is shorter than a one-shot and a one-shot is shorter than a completed fanfic piece you know we know that a one-shot now stands alone and can come in series or groups a drabble is think of it like a Polaroid picture as opposed to say a sitting down for a portrait and a movie might be you know a bigger work of, of writing so it kind of gives you an idea size-wise kind of where this fits in and that was my fun analogy before I read this piece um, again none of the writers nor myself as a reader um, own any of the characters, constructs, um, merchandising characters, bricks the castle was built with, souls of animagi or any of this. We simply love and respect the world that uh, J.K. Rowling has created with her wonderful Wizarding World series of Harry Potter and of course Fantastic Beasts and all the side books and things that she has created. We love the whole universe she has created and we are simply entertaining ourselves with the characters that she has built and created for us. So this in no way plagiarizes any original pieces or is intent as ownership of original works by Rowling. These are standalone fiction pieces, fanfic pieces. Okay, so that done. This um, has a nice title. It says, let the search begin and in parentheses it says, don't forget me. This is written by, and this is all one word, Daughter of the One True King. So thank you, Daughter of the One True King, for letting me read this competition piece. The summary 
that is tied to the piece, which was found on www.fanfiction.net, um, is as follows. Lucy and Molly have a quest to find a clover. So it's pretty simple. This is a rated K. So this is, you know, there's no, this is as safe as it gets. You know, any, any age group could listen to this, including children could listen to this story. It is written in English. It does have a word count of 559 words. This is a really short little piece, but I think it's really quite strong. And it says what it's going to say, and you'll see what I'm talking about. This was published on May the 24th, so it is relatively a new piece, and it is a completed piece. Now, there is an author's note before the story begins, and it says, Hey there, my lovely readers. It says, Are you ready for the next story? She says, I know I am. This one is for the house competition where I remain in the DADA position for Hufflepuff House. This is my Drabble, and the prompt I picked is the four-leaf clover. Let's see what this brings forward in my mind. So this was author's note. And thank you so much, Daughter of the One True King, for allowing me to read your piece on this podcast. When I read this, I thought, oh, I can't wait. This is great. I think my listeners will love it. So with that, let's begin this nice little story, and we will begin now. Let the search begin, Don't Forget Me, by Daughter of the One True King. Molly Weasley rushed outside, followed quickly by her older sister Lucy, who exclaimed, Moll, relax, the clovers will still be there in five minutes. Seven-year-old Molly Seven and a half, she'd taken to insisting lately, ignored her sister, saying, But we have to find one with four leaves for your first day of school tomorrow. Molly just knew that if they could find a four-leaf clover and send it off with Lucy when she left for her first year of Hogwarts tomorrow, she would have an amazing year. And it was just Molly's luck that they had a huge patch of clovers down by the path. One of them was certain to have four leaves. A few minutes later, and a ways ahead of Lucy, Molly arrived at the patch of clovers, and Molly quickly set about searching for the one clover she needed. At each one, she looked at it in anticipation, only to be crushed as it didn't turn out to have four leaves. Molly, Lucy said, finally chalking up beside her, Molly, I know you're going to miss me, but what is this even about? You haven't explained any of this. Molly stubbornly continued searching as she said, I'll find you a full-leaf clover to take with you tomorrow, so I just know you'll have a good school year. Remember, Mummy told us that muggles believe that all four-leaf clovers have magical powers that bring good luck? Lucy remembered the story. She'd been told the same one ever since she could remember. But what Molly hadn't yet been told was that many of the formerly magic, magical four-leaf clovers held no power nowadays after so much use by wizards and witches. The rare few that still had any power were limited, only bringing minor good fortune to the ones who possessed it. Lucy didn't want to break that illusion for her sister just yet, so she knelt down beside her and said, All right, let's get looking. For the next twenty minutes, they searched the entire patch, finding no four-leaf clovers. A few times, Lucy heard Molly exclaim excitedly, only to deflate as she realized that the leaves were often playing optical illusions, appearing to have four leaves when they just had three. 
Lucy pushed aside a few clovers and couldn't believe what she saw. Molly, she said in a playful tone in her voice, how many leaves are on a four-leaf clover again? Molly shuffled in the grass to come beside Lucy, and as she examined the clover that Lucy had picked, four, 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 I knew we'd find one for you. Now you can keep it and have a good gear, and you won't forget about Mum and me, and... And both sisters went silent as they realized what Molly had said. Is that what this was about? Lucy asked gently. You didn't want me to forget you guys? Molly tried to appear as if she hadn't said anything, but eventually nodded sadly. I I wanted you to have something with you we'd found together. I, I thought if you did, it would help. Lucy knew her sister meant well and gave her an enormous hug. Well, you know, I'll never forget you now. Want to find something else? Something that you can keep so you don't forget me? Molly nodded. Let the search begin. Okay, so that was this delightful, really wonderful, I think, little drabble. I love this. Okay, so let me explain why this particular piece of fan fiction, um, this drabble works for me why this little piece of fanfiction, why this little drabble works um, for me as a reader. Number one, writing from a children's perspective is really hard. Is As we get older, I think some of the, the shine and the innocence and the joy of being a young child or a young person starts to rub off on us as we get a little bit jaded, you know, when the world is and can be as hard as it can be for so many of us in, in many different ways. Our lives, our very muggle lives, are very fast and demanding. You know, we have school and jobs and or maybe college and papers to write and responsibilities to meet, kids to, to take care of or, you know, you're, you're working very hard. And, you know, I, I have children myself and I just told, you know, one of my, my kids tonight, I'm like, you know, being a grown-up is really hard. And I said, being a kid is tough, too, and, you know, because I think, especially in, in days like today, having those moments when you are just a kid and you, you think the world is such an enormous place because you're so small in it, you know, I think a lot of that is kind of wearing down for a lot of people. So, children have this remarkable resilience, and I loved that this writer, daughter of the one true king, in this particular story, really brought forth that innocence of what being a kid is all about, you know, and a kid whose older sibling is going to be going off to school. So whether or not this was a magical story or a mogul story, you could switch out the names Molly, Weasley, and Lucy, and you could you know, put in any other name. And this would be a perfect standalone, completely original, non-fan fiction piece that would be suitable for general publication in any, um, in any competition. 
this piece is that strong. It didn't need to be more than 559 words because it said what it said. Okay, so one of the things that did stand out to me because it is fan fiction and it's not a criticism, it's just something I noticed kind of reading it, Molly Weasley. So is this a Molly Weasley that is a child of, you know, we're, we're Molly Weasley, the character we know as the mother of Fred and George and Ginny and Charlie and Bill, my brother Charlie. Um, is this Molly Weasley a granddaughter to that Molly Weasley? And if not, if this is Molly Weasley that we know from the Harry Potter stories, this might be Molly Pruitt? So I'm assuming that this is what the writer intended, that this is Molly Weasley as one of the children that you know, of course, one of one of her kids that the, the original Molly Weasley has had. So this is a grandchild, or maybe even a great grandchild. So I'm I'm not really I don't really follow a lot of stories or family lines. Like um, I know that I could probably go look this up on Pottermore and might go do that after this because now I'm curious uh, to see if there's a Lucy and a Molly that that are grandchildren to Molly Weasley or great-grandchildren that kind of stood out to me because that's what the story is so um, if you were I needed more clarity on that because I am not as knowledgeable about the children of um, the peer group of Harry and Hermione and Ron you know that the siblings and all of that um, you know the the children that survive you know Charlie Bill of course, uh, we lose one of the twins. Then we have Jenny and Harry um, married. And of course, we know about Rose and Hugo from Ron and Hermione. But I don't really know about the other kiddos. So I'm not sure who Lucy and Molly, Molly's parents are. And that, that's probably my bad. This is my lack of knowledge. So that stood out to me. But if you had a reader who also, like me, didn't know that, there might be some clarification there. Um, I don't, and again, I don't, I don't say I would recommend um, changing that, you know, at all or interjecting anything else. You know, this is, this makes me think of Hemingway in a way. And Hemingway was very well known for not using a lot of words and not overwriting things or not over explaining things he was really concise and really you know he said what he had to say he told the story it was done and that's kind of what I like about this this travel you know and, and I think it's just a really pretty piece um, if you wanted an example of what I'm saying about the conciseness of, of Hemingway to me I think a really great example is the old man in the sea um, it's a fast read. It's a small book. You know, it doesn't go on and on. It's about a man catching a marlin and the shark eats it. So, you know, but, but there's a, so much more. Um, so it's a huge recommend if you want to read something on your own aside from fan fiction. Um, this story makes me think of that because it is short. It's tightly written. It's sentences built on top of sentences. Dialogue is clean. The punctuation was really nice and I didn't really stumble over anything um, I might not have read it as clearly as I wanted to but reading it was very 
very concise and how it was projected as you know of course children interacting with each other and an older sibling and a younger sibling and that comfort and you know being there for each other um, I have two myself and they have an age difference I thought this was very real and I loved it so Daughter of the One True King, thank you so much for letting me read this work and sharing this story, your story, with the listeners on this podcast. This was a real treat. Um, you don't have to have a lot of bells and whistles to have a good, tightly crafted, well-written story, and this says it all. You know, this is. This is beautiful. This is a a piece that is pure light. To me, when I read this, I was thinking of the sun shining outside and these kids are running and they're in this really bright green clover patch, you know, and they are two sisters and I'm imagining one's redheaded, you know, and and they're digging through and that innocence and and a little bit of fear and worry for the younger for her older and older you know that she would be forgotten or you know that that sense that kids have beautifully beautifully captured so well done well done um i love this thank you so much over outstanding so I don't think I have anyone who's who's read or submitted a piece or allowed me to read a piece that hasn't just knocked it out of the ballpark. My goodness, we've got some great fan fiction writers. You guys, you guys have some chops, man. So keep writing. I want to read more of this writer's work, and this particular uh, writer has quite a bit out there. So I encourage you check out um, fanfiction.net www.fanfiction.net I'm also reading works on Tumblr and will be sharing some writers selections from Tumblr there's amazing stories there as well Archive of Our Own has some amazing pieces that I'm looking forward to sharing I've got writers and authors um, you know, um, who are graciously allowing me to share their pieces with you guys so If you like what you're hearing, please give me a follow. That really helps build my podcast and that helps me kind of track what's working for you guys as listeners. If you like what you're hearing, log on to fanfiction.net, get on to Tumblr or go to these sites where I'm telling you these stories are at and check out what other things these writers have. If you're into a good story, I'm telling you where they're at. So... Um, At least I think they're awesome. So with that, I hope you have a lovely night wherever you're at or a great day wherever you're at. I hope that you have the best, um, best day ever or best evening ever. And we will see you next time on Sepa Stories. Thank you for joining us. This is what it's all about. Have a great rest of your time. Thank you so much. Night.